Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. We have missed you guys. It has been way too long. We haven't done a podcast, it seems like, in seven months, but I think it's only been a couple of days somehow. But KG, there's basketball being played at a very high level, and the ACC is the best conference in basketball yet again. Listen, the women's side, as KG knows, has been holding it down all year. They have been just dominant all season long, and the men finally catching up. Y'all, it's tournament time. It's one of the best times of the year. 22% of the Sweet 16 is made up of ACC teams. Three on the men's side, four on the women's side. Kelly Gramlich, let's freaking go. Let's go indeed. And that's one of the main reasons why we missed last week is because basketball season has been insane and uh, could continue to be insane if one of these ACC teams, or two, or three, or four. <laughs> Actually, it can't be four because Notre Dame and NC State play each other, which I think is stupid. But if they end up in the final four, then your girl will be headed to Minneapolis. So very excited for that. And one of the many things that I love about Eric McLean is this man in March is locked in. Oh, okay, yeah. He's tweeting more about basketball than I am, and that's part <laughs> of my job. So I know Mac has been locked in. I Mac, also, you, uh, you attended some of the games in Greenville, so... You've been all over it. Let me let me just tell you guys that that's been such a bucket list item for me. And a huge shout out to Jordan Cornette and Tim Beret for making that possible because we called Clemson's pro day, and then Jordan's like, "Hey, by the way, uh, you know, I'm calling the first round with Duke and Michigan State and Auburn uh, and Miami. If you want to come up, uh, you know, we'll figure out. We'll get you a pass." And I said, "Of course, yes, I'm there." <laughs> And uh, somehow, Say man, less. yeah, right, exactly. I got to just roam around Bon Secours and, and watch uh, the well, as as the locals call it. Yes, Excuse me. Um, some unbelievable basketball. I mean, there were some great games there. USC and uh, Miami coming down to the wire. Uh, Duke and, and just seeing them get better and better. Then, of course, Miami going on this great run. So it's basketball season. It's March. We sleep in freaking May, KG. We do. And I love that Mac has just been everywhere. Every time I look up, Mac is at one of these big tournaments. He was in Brooklyn <laughs> for the ACC men's tournament in Greenville. I expect to see you in the final in New Orleans for the final four. I feel well, like you're just going to show up. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you bring that up. I, I actually have a, uh, a vow to never go to New Orleans ever again. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a Clemson thing. And I'm sure Clemson fans listening can, can understand that. So, uh, I'll I'll be missing that one sadly, sadly. Understand, and I hear you may have a uh, golf trip in the works. So hey, come you know, on, priorities, priorities. <laughs> but as much as the basketball side of the ACC has been killing it, this is an ACC football podcast, and we have a lot to get into with these new faces in the ACC. We have four new head coaches that we're going to break down, but also new coordinators. What we know about the transfer portal right now in March. There's a lot going on, Max. So. Update the people because we have the NFL draft coming up. We missed last week because basketball was so crazy. But we're going to keep doing one episode a week until July when we really get into football and get into ACC kickoff and everything. Then we're back to three episodes a week. But we can't leave you hanging during the <laughs> off season. Some podcasts just shut down. We don't do that because That's there's right. still football, as we talk about, Mac. 
is a 24-7, 365 kind of situation. Hey, there's no question about it. So really excited for that. As you mentioned, KG, today we will be breaking down all the new coaches, all the new players via the transfer portal. And then we'll you know kind of discuss spring ball, spring practices, mention some pro day stuff uh, as that goes along. And then, of course, leading up to the NFL draft. We're going to have a ton of coverage for you guys there. Really some some great opportunity for ACC guys to go extremely high. We we thought for a while there that uh, Big Icky might be number one, but Jacksonville has made some moves accordingly. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they uh, franchise tagged their left tackle, so maybe you're looking to go a different direction there, but Big Icky will certainly be top five. And, of course, we all know that the quarterback playing Kenny Pickett might be the first quarterback taken. So we'll have s- so much coverage for you guys uh, for, the, for the NFL draft there. And then after that, we, we go into full off-season mode. And if you guys remember from last year, we're, we're just interviewing all kinds of people, have really fun guests on, really cannot wait to get to that point. Uh, but first, KG, let's break down some new faces around the league. Let's do it. And speaking of Kenny Pickett, his hands grew, so that's really good for that's him. That's awesome. Come on, And uh, I'm sure doing some stretching <laughs> exercises, that's big news. So well, you know, it's double-jointed, so he might have just hopped yeah. over a joint and, and got that extra, you know, eighth of an inch, whatever it was. We love Kenny, but we did notice the thumbs in this, at the Senior Bowl for the first time, and we were like, wow, those thumbs are interesting. But, you know, he's still going to have a lot of success. Okay, let's talk new faces. And let's start with Miami. They're in the Sweet 16 in basketball. They have a new head coach in Mario Cristobal, new offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis, who came from Michigan, their offensive line coach Alex Mirabal, and of course they brought in a QB coach, Frank Ponce, who is the former OC at App State. So it's been a revamp for Miami, tons of new faces. But with Mario Cristobal, this is a guy that I think, obviously he's a Miami guy, there's no doubt about it, but he's going to bring a certain level of toughness to Miami. They have tried, Mac, for 15 years to revamp the U with flashy, finesse, that kind of stuff. And it hasn't worked. So I think it's so smart. And I thought Manny Diaz was a little bit of a step in the right direction because you went with a defensive guy. But Mario Cristobal is, I truly believe, the guy that can bring the U back. I'm not sure back to what. I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing national titles. But at least back to we aren't going to be outworked, and we are going to look like the tougher team. That, that's what I'm excited about for Miami. I am 100% with you, KG. And, and really, when I, when I look at this hire, it, it, it's just such a no-brainer. And everything that you just mentioned, I love that you brought that up, that it's, you know, it's about the swag and the turnover chain and, and the yeah. cool bells and whistles. <laughs> at the end of the day, football is played on the line of scrimmage. It's one in the line of scrimmage. Can I run the ball? Can I stop the run? That's how you win a football game at the end. No matter how much the RPO is involved, the vertical game, we got a pass, we got a great quarter, all that, that's all great. When you peel back the curtain at the end of the day, when you look at football, can I run it? Can I stop the run? That's how you win a lot of football games. That's how you win championships. And Mario Cristobal and this staff, everybody you just mentioned, that's their DNA. That's what they want to do. And, and I think that he is going to bring that just right away, that mentality. And if guess what? If you don't want to be here, if you want the the, the turnover chain and the turnover right. rings and the touch, go somewhere else. See you later. Mm-hmm. There's a transfer portal. It's awesome. Get out. And I, and I think that's the mindset that he's going to have. And uh, he's going to get his guys. And he's going to get players that want to win. And that's what's the most important thing. And NIL, all that's great. And they're going to have awesome you know, support at the end of the day. 
But I think that football is going to be the biggest thing, the most important thing to this staff, to the school, to these kids. And man, I cannot wait to see it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And and you mentioned, you know, Coach Gaddis there from from Michigan. I mean, look at what Michigan did this past mm-hmm. year, ground and pound. What they've been doing for many years there uh, with the OC coming to Miami now, and and just think of think of what Michigan could have been in 2021 with a functional quarterback. And now right. imagine with it Tyler with Van Dyke. Now imagine it with an elite quarterback. And right. so I cannot wait to see that. Of co- of course, Coach Mirabal being at, at Oregon and and Coach Cristobal being an offensive lineman. I mean, th- this O line is going to be right, and they have pieces. They got a couple of pieces in the transfer portal that I think are going to help. You know, really quickly. Um, so I, I'm excited to see that. And then of course, coach Ponce and, and what he was able to do with chase Bryce last year at app state, again, just thinking of what, what is this going to look like with TVD, with this stable of running backs, uh, that Miami is going to have. You, you look at coach Gattis, you look at coach Ponce, Michigan app state, they want to run the football. Now you have probably better group of running backs. It, it's going to be fantastic. Really can't wait to see it. Um, and one little note here before we move on to other schools, there are some of these teams, guys, that we're going through that have entire coaching staff changes. We're, we're not going to talk about each and every coach and each and every addition. These are just some of the highlights and, and things that, you know, either spots or players or coaches that we think are going to make, you know, kind of an immediate impact. So these four for Miami, I mean, right away. And I know there's no defensive guys on here, and there's, there's a couple of really stud defensive coaches for Miami, but it's all about the offense with the U. And, uh, you know, to get this mindset right and back, it, it's going to be fun to watch. 100% agree. It's very rare that you have a guy like Cristobal come in and it's not a complete rebuild. I mean, you have Tyler Van Dyke there. You have a guy that Manny Navarro was talking about it, probably could be the best quarterback in the ACC. So I'm excited for Miami. And I think this is one of those years where, yeah, we're going to hear all the hype, but there's a little more substance to it with Mario Cristobal at the helm. Mac, let's talk about Clemson. No new head coach, obviously. Dabo Sweeney <laughs> is there for the long run. But a lot of new faces in other positions um, on the coaching staff. Defensive coordinator is now Wes Goodwin. Brent Venables is off to Oklahoma. Offensive coordinator, Brandon Streeter. Tony Elliott's off to Virginia. We'll talk about that. And they brought in Nick Eason, former All-American at Clemson, to coach the D-line. He was at Auburn. He replaces Todd Bates. We've talked a good bit about these guys, Mac. I think a lot of it's going to be business as usual. Wes Goodwin, to me, is the the least of my concerns for Clemson. It's the offense. It's Streeter, and can this offense be a little more creative? And, of course, the biggest question is, what's going to happen at quarterback? Cade Klubnick is a new face. He's a freshman. Who wins that job? We're hearing good things about DJU, uh, but I still have questions. Are, are you with me on that, Mac? I think the defense is going to kind of take care of itself. Yeah, well, I, I think schematically, yes, and also just how many, how deep they are there. I mean, right. it's just ball players everywhere you look. We we had the the great privilege to go to a scrimmage the other day, and I mean that defensive line is going to be the best in the country if they can be healthy, if they can stay healthy. Um, there's nobody that can replicate having eight plus deep. I mean that that's how good they are because of the injuries this year, because of guys coming back. Uh, they just have so many starters. I mean, starter level players. You can only have four at a time, but they have legit eight uh, that could run out there for any other team, and they they will be starting. And and even at Clemson for various times have started. So you know, I think that's going to be a, a really big thing. Can't wait to see just the the twist that is going to be West Goodwin's defense. I mean, I, I think that we're going to see a lot more 
you know, traditional style, rely on the defensive line, rely on the defensive ends to go and hunt and put them in good situations instead of, you know, them just being bodies and now our linebackers and, and safeties and corners can get sacks. I, I think that's really going to be D-line heavy. And I think that, he, that Wes is going to put those guys in unbelievable positions to succeed. I think that's possibly why some of these guys came back. Is, is Wes probably yeah. and Coach Sweeney sat down with some of those guys that were on the you know fringe about leaving and saying, hey, the, these are the changes that we might make. This will be very beneficial for you. Now, I don't know that. I wasn't in those meeting rooms. I haven't, you know, spoken to anybody about that, but I, I just have to wonder if if that's why. And then you look at Nick Eason coming in. I mean, I, I love Todd Bates and I thought that he was a great fit at Clemson, but you can't fit better than somebody that's already done it at that school. And, and Nick Eason was an All-American at Clemson. Nick Eason has won Super Bowl in the NFL and and played at a very high level. And now he's home and, and he can sell Clemson better than anyone. Uh, because he's been there, done that, and I think what's super unique about you know these situations, very much so, like Mario Cristobal, those coaches can't ask you to do anything that they have not already done, and then some. Like it, it's the sacrifices that they had already made for your school is evident, and, and so I think the players are going to relate to that. Uh, had, had a good conversation with Nick down at pro day, and I'm as an alum, I'm excited to have him back, uh, and, and just the direction that he can really take. You know this program. So defense, I think, is going to be more than fine. As you mentioned, KG, offense is where the question marks are in mm-hmm. developing guys and, and getting guys, you know, going in the right direction. And, and even, uh, you know, at, at the offensive line position and, and having, uh, you know, a new face there and, and seeing what are they going to be able to be under Thomas Austin and, and under his tutelage. So Brandon Streeter, Thomas Austin, going to have, you know, some, some big shoes to fill. Uh, but also need to make some great strides. Because when you look at Clemson's offense this year, and if they play to their strengths, where were they best last year, KG? Running the football. Running the ball. That They they have to do that. They have to get back to that. I love the two-back set that they had. So this will be interesting to see, can Brandon Streeter, instead of, okay, in my mind, this is what offense we are, this is who we are, this is what we're going to do, I'm going to look at a roster, I'm going to look at spring and say, okay, this is who we are right now. And this is what we're what we do best. It's gonna be very interesting because some guys, you know, they, they like to be in their ways and they like to run their offense, and mm-hmm. you might not have the tools to do that. What can you do with these guys right now? And, and I'm really excited to see it. It's gonna be fun. It's a fun transition for Clemson. You got to adapt to your roster and pull the best out of your roster. The other big question is gonna be, you know, can any of these Clemson wide receivers stay healthy and step up? Yeah. Adam Randall, one of the freshmen, he's a new face. So that's going to be big, too, in determining how this offense looks. Speaking of Clemson's offense, Tony Elliott is now the head coach at the University of Virginia. Brings in Des Kitchings as his offensive coordinator. They've gone in the portal. They've been able to bring in some defensive ends, which they really need. We know that defense needs to be shored up. I mean, there's no doubt about it. That defense struggled. But similar to Cristobal, you're a new head coach, but it's not necessarily a full rebuild. You have a team that won some games last year that went to a bowl. You have a team with Brennan Armstrong, who is an electric quarterback. So I think this is a good situation for Tony Elliott. And again, adapting to your roster. Tony Elliott's always been a little bit of a conservative OC, and now he's a head coach. And you've got Brennan Armstrong, who is the opposite of conservative, Mac. I mean, this guy's (laughs) wild. So I do think Tony Elliott will rein him in a bit. I I would love to see Brennan Armstrong 
in a little bit more of a structure because he's so talented and he's such a playmaker. But if you give him a little more structure, you give him a run game, you try to help that O-line, he could be very dangerous. I mean, imagine Brennan Armstrong with Deshaun Watson's play calling. I mean, that, that's what you're getting. Right, that, but, that's but does he have Deshaun Watson's playmakers around him? That's the biggest that, difference. That, that'll be the question, Mark. You talk about, you know, natural ability. I think Brennan, you know, certainly has it from a, a quarterback posi- position, being able to move around mobility. But I, I'm super excited for Coach Elliott. I, I said when Virginia opened, uh, you know, Oklahoma was already open. And, and that day when that happened, I said, Clemson's going to lose both their coordinators. Mm-hmm. This is the year where they haven't lost one in 10 years they're going to lose both of them in the same offseason. And that's exactly what happened. It's just such a perfect fit. And, you know, I kind of thought that from day one, just who Coach Elliott is. And y'all have heard us say this many a times when it actually happened and, and now. Um, but I'm really excited for him. And, and, you know, just looking at the support that he's going to have, uh, the, the coaches that he has surrounded himself with, a great mixture of new faces, but also keeping some very valuable pieces that were already on the Virginia staff. And then, as you mentioned, KG, that the players that are there now a lot transferred, a lot left. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the key players that did stay, he he has a great core. And the biggest thing for Coach E is going to be just mindset. It is physically, and when you look at the schedule, we talked about this then. When you look at that schedule, it is extremely taxing at the end of the year. So we have to develop yep. this mindset of being able to peak, being able to physically dominate people and to be able to take that next step that he has had at Clemson for so long. And, and naturally, like it just, it, it happened over a period of time. And, and certainly he was a part of that process. So how can he expedite that? How can he speed that up in a way to where we see that live this season? And, and so going to be interesting, obviously transfer portal. He can go out and get pieces. As you yeah. mentioned, the, the defensive ends, two four-star defensive ends. I mean, severely UVA needed a pass rush. I mean, that, that's that been one of my biggest critiques for them for a couple of years now. So being able to kind of fill that void. Uh, and and then, of course, having Coach Kitchings there. He, he was at NC State for eight years. He's familiar with the conference. Good to have him back in college football in the ACC. Uh, so just excited to see what what is he going to do you know, with this team, with this offense. What is it going to look like? Because it, it's been unnameable for three years. And so now really dialing in on what it is. And also, I, I have to give a big shout-out to my guy, Jay Guillermo, getting a GA spot up in Virginia. Uh, left Carson Newman. He was the offensive line coach there. Uh, he is at Virginia. So Virginia turning into a little bit of Clemson North. There's a couple of our uh, <laughs> former staff members that are floating up that way. But excited to see what Virginia is going to be moving forward. Shout-out to Jay. Uh, very excited for him. And you're right, Mac. That Virginia schedule at the end of the year when you have your ACC games plus Coastal in November – got to keep Brennan Armstrong healthy. I I think there is an element where Tony Elliott can channel Brennan Armstrong and kind of rein him in, but still let him be himself, but perhaps play a bit smarter so he can stay healthy. Exactly. I can really envision Tony Elliott doing that with Brennan Armstrong. And that'll help him. If he wants to go pro, that's what you have to do. You can't just go out here running around like a wild man and getting blasted. I mean, it'll be, it'll certainly be a learning process, but it'll be very beneficial to Brennan to take that next step to the NFL. Mm-hmm, for sure. And look, we have all these new coaches in the Coastal. I think it's crazy that the four new coaches in the <laughs> ACC are all in the it's Coastal. chaos. That's what they and do over there. <laughs> let's talk about the team that seems to have Virginia's number. We've talked about this with David Teal. There's the mental aspect here. Virginia Tech, new head coach, Brent Pry, 
comes from Penn State where he was the defensive coordinator. Seems like a guy that already fits in really well in Blacksburg. Was out there having a snowball fight with the <laughs> students. I mean, I, I love this guy. Also bring in offensive coordinator, O-line coach Joe Rudolph from Wisconsin, who, you know, is O-line you, so that's a good sign. Running back coach Stu Holt, who's been around for a long time. And then they went and got a few quarterbacks in the transfer portal. Not sure how I feel about these guys. Jason Brown from South Carolina wasn't able to do much. You bring in Wells from Marshall, which could be interesting. But, you know, that's the biggest question with Virginia Tech is who the heck's going to play quarterback. But in the end, this is a team, I think, under Brent Pry. The defense was already solid last year, especially early before injuries. So can they be a defensive-minded team who can get to a bowl game in year one before they truly have a QB? I think that has to be the goal for Brent Pry, and I already think he's fitting in well, Mac. From from a fit perspective, KG, I, I love this hire. I absolutely do. And, and it's interesting, you know, kind of at, at the beginning of this process, you know, we had heard Virginia Tech's going after a head coach. They're not going after a coordinator. They're going after somebody with experience. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had this list that, man, this will be perfect. And, uh, you know, Shane Beamer, ironically, was on the top of that thing from South Carolina um, and, and thought that, okay, if that's the direction that they're going – and these are these are home runs. I mean, these are perfect fits for all these different reasons. And then they throw a curveball at us and, and go get the defensive coordinator from Penn State. And I'm just like, who? What? What? What is happening? Uh, but the more that I get to know, you know, Coach Pry and, and read about him and see his actions and see how he is as as a coach, as a man, I think this is a home run. I think this is a great fit. And and when you talk about just mindset of Virginia Tech, who they are, what they embody, what they just what oozes out of them. That's what I see from Coach Pry, uh, and, and now hopefully that that is back. And, and I think that you see who he has hired, the staff that he has put together. It's a no nonsense, very like Miami football approach. And, and yeah. I think the exclamation point, the the you look directly at this. That's what I'm talking about is Joe Rudolph. I mean, the fact that he left Wisconsin. I don't know if there was bad blood, what the deal was, but he left Wisconsin. The the greatest production of offensive linemen university to come to Virginia tech, which has had a really nice run of offensive linemen to be the offensive coordinator, to be the O-line coach. I mean, my goodness, you're, you're out here stealing fantastic coaches. So really excited to see him, the development that he has. And then Stu Holt, a guy that has been around for 27 college seasons. He's seen a lot, has done a lot. He was a part of the Louisville app state Satterfield regime that, that, you know, won so many games at app and, and then really, came in and got Louisville in a better spot. Um, I'm excited to see what you know those guys can look like. And again, there's a ton of new faces on this staff, and no disrespect to anybody we left off, but I'm very, very excited and think that Virginia Tech can turn things around, but the talent, KG, is going to be the biggest part, and, and they mm-hmm. have to go get people. I think it has to start with a transfer portal to get established, and then recruiting, let it do its thing, get that 757, get the state of Virginia locked up. Right. And, uh, you know, you'll be in a really good spot. But I think Wells can do some damage. You know, transferred from Marshall, had a pretty good year last year. Brown, he's mobile. He showed some, you know, glimpses at South Carolina. I think he felt, uh, you know, was banged up a little bit there. But just quarterback is the key. And you've got to find somebody that can do it at a high level. That's the biggest question for Virginia Tech right now. But, I like that you compared him to Miami. I feel like all four of these new hires, and we still need to get to Mike Elko at Duke, but I feel like all four of these guys are no-nonsense type of guys. That's right. And I, you know, we'll see. They all won the press conference. These are all really good hires on paper. 
Of course, most likely, at least one or two of them are not going to work out eventually because that's just how college football works. <laughs> just the rule of averages. That's all it is. But I still feel like these were really good hires and serious hires from all four of these institutions. So before we get into these other schools, why don't we just talk about Mike Elko real quick at Duke. New head coach. He was the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M. A defensive-minded approach at Duke. I know they have a long way to go. They They were pretty bad this year. But this is a guy who, he comes from A&M. I mean, he, he had some choices, and he could have stayed another year and probably had more choices. So when I look at this hire for Duke, I think, y'all are serious. And, and that's a really good sign from Duke. I, I agree with you. And I think when you look at Coach Elko, of course, being at Wake Forest, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, um, has some great experience and can pull from these things and, and really you know, just say, okay, let's lock in. I want to be a head coach. This is a great opportunity. Um, Duke is, is better right now, which is crazy to say Duke is a better job right now than it's ever been before. And, and it has things to build on. It has facilities. It has support. It, it's, it's not a football school, but there's football, there's excitement around the program and moving forward. And I think that that's something that coach Elko has to fully embrace, has to wrap his arms around and grab that momentum that's there and go full steam ahead. And he's put together a, a staff that I think can help him do that. A lot like Virginia Tech, though, it's going to be about talent. You have to go out and get guys in the transfer portal right now. Mm -hmm. You cannot rely on recruiting. It is hard to get to Duke. A lot like Virginia, it is a very specific program. There's a very specific model of high school athlete that can transition, that can do that, that can get there. And it's an elite person, elite student athlete, and student being the primary part there. So it's going to be difficult uh, but I love what Duke has done here in this position, recruiting general manager. I mean, what the heck is that? Oh. Is this is this pro? I mean, what are we doing here? But I love it in the sense that the the recruiting coordinator position has evolved into a general manager. I've seen this listed at a couple of different schools here, but Derek Miller is going to have a massive job, and he is going to have to go out and find people. And like I said, Duke can figure it out. But it's got to be through the portal. It's got to be instant players that can help you. Because right now, I'm just looking at this roster, and, and it's it's depleted. Guys left. Guys moved on. Guys went to other places. And those were the stars. And so what can you build from? Who can you be moving forward? Uh, Coach Elko has, has a bit of an uphill battle from a talent perspective. But like I said, the support, the things that are going on there, it's better than it's ever been for Duke. It is. And this might sound weird because, obviously, basketball is still number one at Duke. But – Coach K is retiring. John Shire is a big deal, but he's not Coach K. So there may be some sort of attractive angle there that you're not necessarily in Coach K's shadow because he's not there. That's right. I mean, Coach K will always run Duke, (laughs) even you know, even when he's. I mean, you got a lot of changes. Not there. Yeah, a lot of AD change, basketball coach change, football coach change. That's an appealing sign, weirdly enough, is that you're you won't be there with Coach K. It's not like an old guard. It's kind of a a fresh. Let's start again right now. Right. And that's what Nina King's trying to do that's there right. at Duke. Okay, so we got to our head coaches there, Mac. Let's talk about some other new faces, though, at these different programs. Pittsburgh, they had to go get a new offensive coordinator. They brought in Frank Signetti from BC. So a little bit of, we always joke about the SEC just hiring each other. A little <laughs> incest here at the ACC because we had Tony Elliott. We've got Robert Anay, who we'll talk about. Frank Signetti. So a little bit there. But they needed a new OC. They went and got a good one. And then they bring in Keaton Slovis from Southern Cal. I'm not giving up on Nick Patty, okay? I, I've heard good things about him. 
He was playing well until he got hurt against Michigan State, which was so unfortunate. Yep. That's Kenny Pickett's guy. I trust Kenny. He's like a correspondent for us. <laughs> so I trust his sources. But those are some new faces at Pittsburgh, Mac. But they return a lot of what they already had, besides Kenny Pickett, of course. That's right. That's right. I- I'm excited for Pitt. And I think this is going to be an awesome move. I mean, Coach Signetti there, a Pitt guy, uh, you know, coming coming back home uh, to Pittsburgh and the development that he's had. I mean, my goodness. He- he's He's – Maybe not a quarterback whisperer, but he's close. And I think that he can really add to his pedigree here with what he's going to do this year at Pitt with Slovis, with Patty, whoever that's going to end up being. Um, so excited for Pitt. And really, I think this is a great you know, year to judge the, the culture, the sustainability, what Pitt is. Have they taken a step in the right direction because they have a lot of guys back? Now we just have to continue to win. If, if you guys remember from the schedule show that we did, I had them only losing one game. And, and so can they do that? Can they figure that out and really kind of build on the things uh, that Kenny and, and company were able to do? Uh, and I think with with Slovis, I think with you know a great transfer wide receiver from Akron uh, to an already loaded room, they have a really good chance here to do that. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting with Pitt. How, how much can they build on a Peach Bowl, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl birth? Where does it go from here? A bowl that they would have won if Kenny Pickett played. No question. Let's be no real. Question. I mean, they they almost won it without him. And they without Nick Patty, who was playing well. Also, let's not forget, they bring back the best wide receiver in the country. Yes. The Bletnikoff Award yes. winner in Jordan Addison. All five offensive that is linemen. a huge deal. Two running yes. backs, a, a loaded defensive line. I mean, Pitt, Pitt is lit. Don't forget about Pitt it. Pitt is lit. Don't forget. I, I know that I'm super excited about Miami, and I'm giving them a ton of love. But Pitt is right there, 1B, and, and I can't wait to watch him. i tell you another guy I'm super excited about, KG, uh, is, is Syracuse and Coach Robert and I. Yep. Coming from uh, UVA there, the creativity, the excitement, what is he going to be able to do uh, with Garrett Schrader, with Sean Tucker? I mean, two just absolute studs running the football, quarterback, running back. and I think that's his dream. I mean, he wanted to run the football at Virginia – and couldn't do it, had to be creative, all these different things just because of body, personnel, whatever. There's no problem with that at Syracuse. I can't wait to see what this offense is going to look like. I think it will be revamped. Obviously, you have to build around Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker is your dude. He is that dude. And uh, you want to make sure he's pleased with his performance after every game. (laughs) But I do like some new blood coming in there. And again, coming from Virginia, can he bring some elements of what Virginia was doing but adapt it to the personnel that he has at Syracuse. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm not quite sure how it's going to work. I'm excited. I'm excited to see, to see it. it. I'm excited to see it. I can't wait. I think that again, the the creativity, the bodies, um, man, just go do it. Just go have fun. It, it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting marriage. Um, and just to see how quickly they adopt it, you know, because it's what we saw in Virginia was confusing. I mean, and it takes guys to be super cerebral, guys to be really locked in. And to be able to develop and say, okay, we're buying into this craziness. Now, I don't think it'll be have to be as creative, but man, it could be a lot of fun if they do do that. So KG, I can't wait to see it. Same here, Mac. Okay, let's talk about North Carolina, and then we'll get into a few other kind of smaller, not smaller, but just a few changes that honestly your average fan might not know about that we want to tell you about. But UNC, people know what's going on there. You've got the assistant head coach 
slash DC. I'm not quite sure how this is going to work. I don't know what Gene that position Chizik. is. What, what, in your mind, then you have a co-DC. In your mind, KG, it doesn't even say DC by his title. I just put that myself. That's crazy. Well, in your mind, what does assistant head coach mean? And that's the only thing it says. Like, what does that guy do? Okay, so honestly, what I think when I see that is coach in waiting. Oh, wow. That's kind of what I see. Oh, my God. All right. I like it. I could see that with Gene Chizik at UNC. Think about it. This guy has been a head coach. Yeah. He's won a national championship. Wow. He's done a lot. And is he coming in to kind of be molded to take over that program whenever Mac Brown retires? I'm just going to drop that bomb on you. You just dropped a big – I mean, I wasn't thinking that at all. You should be a football analyst. I I think you should change roles. Let's just switch. I'll go do do the final four – you can do like fun pro day stuff. Okay. That works. <laughs> That's not a good Actually, trade. No, That's I want to go to the trade. final four. I want to go to the final four. I'm excited. But they to have see. A, I'm excited to see a co DC in Charlton Warren. I think he's, I think he will be, he will maybe have some defensive role, manage that a little bit, but I could see him doing some head coach things as yeah. well. Yeah. So, so you have, okay. So you have Coach Warren and Coach Thigpen. Th- those are the, those are the co-DCs. And then you have a, a defensive genius in Gene Chizik, who is the assistant head coach. Right. And, and so I can't wait to see it. I don't know what all that means. I don't know who's calling the defense. I don't know who's Look, setting the defense. It just needs to make the defense better. We know that. That's what it needs at the end of the day. And you know who else needs to be better is the offensive line. And, and so their, their offensive line coach, Stacey Sorrells, left to go to Georgia. He's been there before. He was with Coach Rick and that staff. And now they bring in Coach Bicknell, who has been 34 years, ACC, NFL, SEC. He's been around. They've got to figure that out and, and kind of help on the way, if you will, the transfer portal, go out and get a guy who, you know, rivals uh, and 24-7 says is a four-star transfer and Spencer Rowland from Harvard. Go out and get center Corey Gaynor from Miami, who has been a captain, a two-time captain, a solid starter. So I think that's going to be kind of instant relief. Because UNC is losing a lot on that offensive line. And, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of joked around, and, and maybe it's a little, uh, I don't know, maybe a little rude of me to have done so. But I think when you look at it, people were saying, okay, all five offensive linemen are back. This is great for UNC. I said, well, just wait a minute. That not that isn't always the best thing. You know, because right. you see the performance before, a fresh start for this offensive line, a fresh face coaching them. You've got to make improvements. you got to get better. Uh, and then one more transfer portal guy, Noah Taylor from Virginia, who is a freak. I can't wait to see what he he has to be like the core guy. And can he take those steps? Can he cerebrally understand that defense and really get it going? Because if so, he's an amazing piece to build around. And I think going to be really solid for Gene Chizik, for Coach Thigpen, for Coach Warren, whoever is setting that defense, it's going to be really cool for them. Whoever is doing the defense. But – I'm calling my shot right here, right now, March 24th, 2022. Gene Chizik will be the head coach of UNC going into the 2024 season. Fascinating. Fascinating. Mark the tape. I love it. I love it. Unbelievable. Mark the tape. All right. <laughs> let's, let's talk about Louisville here, Mac. Of course, no, no real big changes, but they bring in tight ends coach Josh Stepp. QB's coach, Pete Thomas, was elevated from the support staff. They've grabbed some pieces in the portal. Louisville is just trying to build on what they did last year. The biggest thing is that Malik Cunningham is 
back, and that dude is a baller. Yeah, there's no question about that. So uh, Coach Thomas has some some really great stuff to work with, uh, you know, with Malik and, and the things that he's able to do. Excited for for Coach Step to be there. I mean, a really great young coach that that has done some really solid things at uh, Georgia State there, and then the transfer portal. Going and getting some speed. Tyler Hudson, wide receiver. Tyon Evans from Tennessee, another great Tennessee running back that's in the transfer portal. I uh, think that that's going to be a really great one-two punch for Louisville in the backfield that they have there. So just keep building. You've got a couple of new faces, not too much. Uh, so so guys not having to get acclimated to a whole new staff or anything, but you know certainly some new faces in the program. Mac, I'm about to make a joke that Notre Dame fans might be offended by but I'm going to go with it. Do you feel like Notre Dame has become in many ways, the minor leagues for Boston college? <laughs> I thought that's where go, I thought that's where you're going with that. <laughs> they go and get Phil Dracovic. Now they go and get a tight end from Notre Dame and they bring in OC John McNulty. It just feels like Notre Dame is just, you know, they're a little bit of a feeder school <laughs> for Boston college. I'm obviously joking. No, I, I think you're telling the truth. That's, that's what I hear right now. That I think that's what you're doing. Um, no, it, it's very interesting to to see that and and all the guys that have kind of made that transition. It, it's been very interesting to say the least. And, and I think that the you know when you look at this, the biggest I don't know if it's a concern. What I really want to call it right now is okay. We, we lost Coach Ignati, who who has done numbers. You know, with our quarterback Phil Dracovic and and the growth and the things that he's been able to do, and now he's gone. And what's going to be really interesting is to see this transition uh, with John McNulty, a guy who has coached quarterbacks before, has done it in the NFL, has done it in college. Actually, was was a defensive guy in college at Penn State. Uh, now coming over to the dark side, that is offense. So it, it's going to just be interesting mm-hmm. to see that transition. What does that look like? How does he you know help? Phil Dracovic take another step. And, and so with the most important piece for Boston College, a new face, a new coach, going to be very so, something to keep your eye on moving forward in just how this works. He was coaching tight ends in Notre Dame, so he obviously wants to coach QBs, and that's why he's um, over at Boston College now. And he's got a great one to work with in Phil Dracovic. And I know when we had Phil on, he talked about his relationship with Signetti. So this will be a transition, but he's got all offseason to figure that out. How about Wake Forest? It seems, look, there's a lot less change in the Atlantic. That's for sure. But at Wake Forest, they bring in a new defensive coordinator, Brad Lambert, who comes from Purdue. He was at Wake previously. He was at Charlotte. He was at Purdue. I like this hire for Wake Forest, Mac. I do, too. And just bringing a guy home. I mean, as you just mentioned, he was at Wake for 10 years. He knows the program uh, as well as anybody. But, you know, a little bit of adjustment when he left, uh, you know, that they were kind of on the rise and then kind of stagnant. And now they're at a whole new level, yeah. Wake Forest, and, and what they've been able to do under Dave Clawson and, and the levels that he has been able to take them. But I'm excited. And, and I think if there was a weakness or if there has been a weakness for Wake Forest, I think we all can point at defense and, and being able to score 40 points a game and somehow still lose. And, and so I think that's going to be the next step. You know, what can Coach Lambert do? What is he going to bring in? Because we know Purdue what was has been on the rise, and they've mm-hmm. been doing great things there. So excited to, to see him come back home. How about Florida State? Not a lot of changes at the top, but Co-DC, they bring in a Co-DC and Randy Shannon, who has a lot of experience. And then QB's coach Tony Tokars, I believe is how you say it, who has worked his way up. These are the kind of 
stories that you love to see when you look at his bio. I mean, he has worked his way up, took him 10 years to get to this position. I know he's excited to work with Jordan Travis. And they've gone to the portal because Florida State's had a lot of success in the portal. Jermaine Johnson, look at what he did there. So I think FSU just continuing to shirt things up. I also saw, if we want to talk new edition, Mac, they have a, their locker room's been revamped. I saw wow. that on social media. I know that's not a coach, but, you know, that's something you can use in recruiting. <laughs> that's a new face. That's a new yeah. face. <laughs> we know how tough their schedule is. We talked about it in our last episode, but FSU's on the rise. You can't deny it. I like it. And, and I like when you see, okay, we're, we're going to elevate, you know, Coach Randy Shannon from quality control from whatever these crazy positions are right. that we just analyst, make up. And, analyst, Whatever it was. Now, he's co-DC. Obviously, the experience has been unbelievable. Great recruiter. The things that – I mean, he's been around the state of Florida for so long with yeah. Miami, UCF, Florida, now Florida State. Um, it, he, he's going to be a great addition to this staff in a, in a bigger role now. And then, of course, with, with Coach Tokars there, you mentioned the story. I mean, the fact that you go from GA – to uh, quality control, to position coach at a tiny, tiny school, to now GA at a bigger school, to back to offensive coordinator at a tiny school, to to GA. I mean, the 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 everybody wants to be a coach, right? Everyone yeah. says that. Man, I want to do it. Can you go ten years without being right. a coach? Those are I mean, the guys go, that love it. Yeah. Can can you grind for ten years until you finally get to the P five level? I mean, it, it's crazy. And so to see the adversity, to see all the things that he went through, I know he's ready for this moment. Uh, coach is really excited about him being there. And as you mentioned, you know, ha- having a, a quarterback room that you feel good about, having a quarterback in Jordan Travis that, man, we've got to go all in on and say, this is our guy. This is how we're building our offense to fit this. You got to be really excited about that. And then the transfer portal, I mean, Jared Verse is, is a freak. I mean, he was at Albany and uh, did some crazy things there as the defensive end position. Johnny Wilson, 6'6 wide receiver from uh, ASU there, Arizona State, Micah Pittman from Oregon, another wide receiver, and then Caden Lyles from Wisconsin. I think the, the most interesting thing is that FSU took four receivers mm-hmm. from the portal. That was a position last year that had the – it was embarrassing production from what you expect from yeah. Florida State. They're basically saying we've got to make changes, we've got to go out and get guys, have a couple of really key recruits that I think will be able to play right away as well. Uh, so Florida State making some moves – in this offseason to uh, to continue to climb, as you mentioned. Definitely need help in the wide receiver room, and that's a little bit of a general manager move, right? I, lo- I think right. it's so interesting, right. the move to being a GM with college football because there's a lot to navigate there. Okay, last two teams to discuss. One of them really hasn't changed anything because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. NC State's got a good thing going. But Georgia Tech, speaking of FSU, they bring in Chris Winkie who won a Heisman Trophy at Florida State. He's going to coach quarterbacks. I like that move. They have a new run game coordinator, David Turner, who's been in the SEC forever. Chip Long as the OC. And they bring in Hassan Hall from Louisville. Chio from Clemson on the O-line. They bring in an Alabama guy because they lose Jameer Gibbs, of course, which is huge. But they're trying to revamp, and it feels like Jeff Collins, he realizes he's got to have some production. He's got to have some wins. And as we always discuss, Georgia Tech's schedule is a murderer's row. You play Clemson and Georgia every year. They have UCF. Like they have some tough games. 
But I like these moves, Mac. And Chris Winkie, I mean, that's a name. I know it feels like these kids don't even know, probably don't even know who he is. But you know what? A Heisman Trophy speaks for itself. If you can show that recruit, hey, here's my Heisman. That's right. Then they'll probably Google you and figure out you are a big deal. I, I would have to think that part of the recruiting showcase, the, the pictures, all that deal, Chris Winkie's Heisman Trophy will be present for those. And, and you know, maybe even sitting in his office, in his meeting room where – you know, he just kind of points to that and say, listen to everything I say, you'll be all right. I think uh, he should just carry it around with him. Like when they go to Waffle House like on the official visit. Or something. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Whatever yeah, you need to do. Yeah, just carry it. I agree. I agree. I, and I was excited for that hire. I mean, certainly a name, certainly makes a splash, has, you know, a, a decent little coaching uh, experience there from IMG, from Florida, a couple of different schools that he's been a part of there. So I, I think that that certainly should help uh, Sims out and, and get him going in a better direction, fine-tune him a little bit. Make him take the necessary steps. David Turner, run game coordinator on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, there's a mentality there, having played in the SEC for so long, having coached in the SEC, where he just says, hey, let's bring that here. Let's bring that to Georgia Tech and the things that we want to do, the things we're going to be able to do. Uh, Chip Long, you know, high flying speed uh, from an offensive perspective will be very interesting to see, you know, what does that offense look like moving forward? How can we continue to build? around Sims and, and the things that he can do with adding some fun new pieces. I, I think Hassan Hall has got to be ready to take up a lot of, you know, bulk of the carries right away, you know, with our best player, best recruit, you know, Georgia Tech has had in some time going to Alabama. So going to be some instant, you know, kind of production there. And then of course, a couple of offensive linemen from the portal that surely can help Georgia Tech out. And, and as you mentioned, kind of transitioning here to our last team, uh, probably the most boring offseason of anybody is NC State, and that's a good thing. That's a great that's thing. That's good. No coaching changes that I could find, so please, Wolfpack Nation, don't come killing me if there was one. Um, transfer portal, we, we took one guy, and it's a massive wide receiver, 6'3", 200-plus pounds from Maryland that you know I think is, is going to step in and, and be a Mecca Mezzi. I mean, that, that's the role that this young man should be able to play for NC State that has so, so much coming back from a coach's perspective, from a player perspective, Look out, NC State. If they can take the, the right steps, as I mentioned in the schedule show, a couple of folks have them in, in the college football playoff. Is this the year? Can they do it? It's going to be interesting to see. Can't wait till we uh, – I don't want to fast forward to August. I don't want right. to get there quite yet, but, man, I can't wait for this season. Here's the thing. Once basketball's over, I kind of do want to fast that's forward. Right. At least that's to right. July where we, right. can, where we really feel like it's almost here. But we're going to have some great offseason guests for you. And that was a full rundown. You're not going to get this anywhere else, y'all. You won't get that kind of rundown. And Eric McLean doing incredible research, which we love, and, of course, his knowledge and our breakdown of all these new faces. I, I can't wait. And that's what you come to Gramlick and McLean for. Come on. And we want to shout out our producer who does an amazing job making us sound good. You've got, we've got kind of the pollen voices today, <laughs> as I know a lot of people around the South are dealing with. So. Rich is going to make us sound good. Check out his podcast, Rich Take on Sports, his basketball podcast, Automatic, wherever you get your pods. Guys, thank you for listening. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, Spotify, follow our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating or write us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. But until next time, we'll see y'all.